Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you in the producer chair. Steve will soon be there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. All recovered from the storm. I measured about 19 inches in my yard in Point Township last night. So we continue to move move on from that and shovel ourselves out of the storm. And we get set for some more talk today on how everybody did with the National Stunning Dice. Steve's got the latest with that coming up in a little bit. And a couple of those today with, in the NHL real quick, Henrik Lundqvist for the Capitals. Of course, he signed there, done with the Rangers this past offseason. Going to be out this year with a heart issue. We announced that earlier today. So our thoughts with him. And just getting back to some of the things we've talked about with the college football rank, uh, pl- college football playoff, and where things kind of go from here for these next two weeks. And the point spread we got into a little bit yesterday. I, I mentioned Notre Dame was a ten and a half point underdog to Clemson and I get some of the logistics that go into that but I I just think the college football playoff has become a little bit more of who well I really has it's I'm not this is not an opinion this is actually a fact is it's about who's in not necessarily who deserves it and that's why I've always been a fan and in favor of bringing in an eight-team playoff. Because as I mentioned before, you can bring in all five power conference schools or champions, and then three other at-large teams, which then you can have the rest of those teams fight to the death where you have maybe a two-loss team from a power five conference battle it against somebody who might be who might have a better record or has won their conference like uh, Coastal Carolina or something like that. Because it really isn't fair to these players who win their conference and put them and go undefeated, only one loss, whatever, and then they're not there because they're not Clemson or they're not Alabama. I don't know. That just always has bothered me about the college football playoff. 
And like I said, I'm not naive to all this. I get why it's for ratings and things like that, but I just I just don't think that's right. I, I that's why I want to see the college football playoff expanded. As I mentioned before, I hate the eye test. I hate that. Doesn't really make any sense to me. If you Neither do what you need to do show. to get in, there this, you go. This, this show has never made sense to you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of the issues I've had the entire time. Right? You don't get the show. <laughs> that depends on the day, yes. That's like most of the days. <laughs> Oh, great to be with you, my friend. Great to be with you. Yes, how much snow did you get out your way? I don't know, 15, 16 inches? Something like that. I had said 19 in my yard. 19, okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's probably, I'd say 15. I don't know. Maybe it was more. I don't know. I'd have to to look and see, really. It could have been 20 here. I don't know. It was that awful accident we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, awful. Um, you know, it's... Uh, okay. Um, the two, what, two fatalities? We've That's been reporting right. to, uh, well, I should say, we, we saw, a re- we've been running a report from the AP that says two, but a CBS yeah. is reporting th- at least three now, so we're uh, somewhere in that range, so I guess more details are coming out. That's awful. That's yeah. just awful. How many cars? 30 to 50? Uh, 30 to 60, apparently, Eek. according to that AP report that we've been running on the air most of the day. Just awful. Yeah. Just awful. Oh, no way. Yeah. Hopefully everybody is that we're talking to right now. Hopefully all your loved ones are safe and sound, friends safe and sound. No issue. Um, I, I did the driveway tour this morning. Uh, I, I ended up, because uh, believe it or not, I think there are two of us here in the neighborhood have snowblowers. So I, I did my part, which... I think I ended up helping out with six. <laughs> there you go. Nicely done. Hey, you know what? I have, I have great neighbors. So, great neighbors. So, if you can do a little something to help them out, because you can, you do it. Okay? Simple as that. Just try to help out where you can. Now, I did a lousy job, but I mean, I still like at least, you know, I showed up and, you know, whatever. I moved something. A for effort. <laughs> I mean, that's me. You know, it's like just enough to make it seem like you did something. <laughs> oh, but I will admit, I'm tired. <laughs> I'll admit, I am too. I'm a little, I'm a little tired. Because uh, I'll tell you, the toughest part for me is we have a wood pile in the back. So I, I had to take a. I had to shovel out a path to get to the wood pile so I can for my wood stove. It took more. It took more out of me doing that than it did anything else. Uh, holy mackerel! Uh, I mean, uh, now obviously I have another show to do after this. Uh, now we're not airing it tonight uh, because of. Uh, 
uh, talk to Santa, but I still have to do the network show tonight. Uh, and so I'm done at 7. Uh, I can tell you at 7.01, my feet will be up somewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm go. tired. I'm tired. Uh, I'm going to get from Jack. That's all you did? Really? And you couldn't help the seventh person in the neighborhood? <laughs> That'd be Jack. You couldn't help the seventh person? Really? Mario Cristobal. A lot of people have talked about him going to Auburn. Uh, Oregon just approved a six-year, $27.3 million contract for Mario Cristobal. So, in all likelihood, if he's true to his word, then you can scratch that name off the Auburn list. And that was one of the prominent names mentioned for the Auburn job. Under the category of we'll see. So that's one of the items this afternoon. It's one of them. Tom Rinaldi leaves ESPN. His colleagues are shocked. He is going to Fox. This, to me, is one of the true pros pros in our industry. You know what Tom Rinaldi does? Tom Rinaldi asks questions. He doesn't question you. And you get much, much more out of an interview compared to the... The gotcha interview is more spectacular. It's more. It's a more spectacular interview. But there's less, there's less information in a gotcha interview. Uh, the key to any good interview is the subject and their ability to talk. So what questions can you ask them? And usually they're good what and why questions, not statements. Tom Rinaldi's work is well-researched. He talks to people. They trust him. You get better answers when there's trust, much better answers than trust. And most of the gotcha interviews are usually shy on facts. Uh, Tom Rinaldi doesn't do that. He's a real pro's pro. A lot of people talk to him because they trust him. That's that's really important. Really important. And Fox will be the beneficiary of that. He'll do a great job for Fox. Needless to say, his... Um, uh, his colleagues are shocked. They're shocked. And, I mean, that's the last thing they expected. He has been one of those um, Rock of Gibraltar guys. But wow. So that's a big one. Yeah, I was surprised by that. 
And once again, ESPN loses another one to Fox. Yeah, yeah, but this one, this one is, you know, and not only that, he's a great storyteller. You know, he's a great storyteller. You know, I was talking with Bruce Feldman yesterday um, as I interviewed him for uh, the Blue White Tailgate show. And I asked Bruce Feldman about um, uh, about the book he co-wrote with Ed Orgeron. And I said, what did you learn about Ed Orgeron that surprised you and became a focal point of the book? And he said, and he started, and he launched into a story about Ed Orgeron finding sobriety, I'm going to give you an approximate, like 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And it's a story I never knew. I never knew that Ed Orgeron had uh, fought the battle for sobriety and what sobriety meant to him and what he went through when he when he wasn't sober and how they ended up it changed his life and changed his, his career path you know using coaching but it changed his career path to being a head coach because because of sobriety and the way Bruce told the story I just did a lousy job of telling it the way he told the story when he was done I remember uh, uh, saying to somebody on the set I said, I said, wow. I said, now that's a storyteller. Wow. Because of the way he told it. I was like, holy. I said, now that's a storyteller. That's, that's something, I mean, I don't do. I can't do. Not to that level. And that's what Tom Rinaldi does. Great storyteller. Now the suit's a storyteller. Just none of it's true. I mean, I, 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 I like a race, and then we get a story. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna get a text from from Birdsong. I know I am. <laughs> Great to have you with us. Uh, as we continue here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Yes, Doug did text me. Truer words have never been spoken, Steve. <laughs> the suit does give you a story. Yeah, 
And it's every single time I get, get a story from him, everybody looks at me and says, why the quizzical look on your face? I said, that's a look, not a quizzical look. That is one of skepticism. All right. <laughs> the College Athlete Bill of Rights proposed uh, today by co-authors, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey and Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, would create sweeping changes for college sports, including provisions that would force some schools to share revenue with some of their athletes, guarantee lifetime scholarships to athletes and good academic standing, establish health and safety rules enforced by hefty fines for violators, and set up a fund to cover some out-of-pocket medical expenses for current and former athletes. The rules and requirements laid out in the bill would be enforced by a newly formed commission on college athletics that would be run by nine board members who are appointed by the President of the United States. Oh... Oh, boy. They would hire staff to resolve disputes, suggest changes to rules, and investigate wrongdoing with the power to subpoena witnesses. This group would receive $50 million in taxpayer funding for the first two years. It would take on a lot of the work of policing college athletics. Okay. In theory, I can see this, but I'm sorry, I've become a person over the years that has become very skeptical that when government gets involved in something, very skeptical. And the reason I become very skeptical of it is that government is so big they're not good at running something specific. You know, I mean, like a slice of something. It's, it's too much. There's too much bureaucracy. There's too much red tape. Oh, that's not true. Oh, really? <laughs> here, wake up. <laughs> wake up. There's some something here that's interesting, and the NCAA hasn't really done a great job. So I understand that part. That's why we're talking. I was talking with Dana O'Neill on Tuesday. We did the uh, Hoops Club. From the athletics, so we're doing the hoops club, and I asked her about um, about Richard uh, Rick Pitino's idea of made madness, and she said, "Well, part of this is is that Dan Gavin thinks they can do it. See, the difference is Dan Gavin inspires confidence that you can do something. Now, while college basketball doesn't have a czar, that is as close to one as you're going to get when it comes to the NCAA tournament part. And Dan Gavitt's universally respected. That's the kind of figure you need running it. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Uh, one quick note before we get to it. Of course, it's brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Josh Imotahebe will not be playing in the game, the top receiver for uh, Illinois on Saturday because he has put his name into um, the NFL draft and will not play Saturday. So I get the usual congratulations from everybody for making that decision. All right. Uh, Dick and Milton. Dick, I really apologize to you. It's my fault. No, it's, it's I, not even, that's not a problem. I just really told Matt, I just called to wish you guys a happy new year, another successful year on the radio. But uh, Merry Christmas. But I do have a kind of a question for you. It's, it's sure. sports-related. You, you know, they're going to play all these bowl games, obviously. Yeah. Is it going to be financially yeah. uh, 
for these bulls to actually run these. First of all, there, I can't imagine there'll be that many fans going to the city, so there won't be a lot of hotels, motels rented. There won't be a lot of restaurants used. Right. And then, there, and so, then there won't be many fans. I guess my point is, is, is it really worth these bulls to run these teams down there and pay somebody? Yeah, that's a, I know a it's great. Tel- question, I know they're going to make television no. money. I understand that part of it. Right. Yeah, that's a great question, Dick. Um, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to yep. you and your family, and thanks for all the calls this year. You really helped make the show. I, I enjoy every call you make. Um, so it's interesting because I think there are 14 of the bowl games, Dick, that are actually owned by ESPN. Okay. Uh, uh, so they're owned and operated by them. Now, not the college football playoff bowls, but others along the way. So you notice that the bowls on the other network have been the ones that have been the first to disappear. The ones on Fox, the ones on CBS have been the first to disappear. The ESPN-owned and operated ones are still there because the reason they're doing it is programming. So during the holidays, they have bought and paid for the ability to have a game and put it on. So that's what they've done is they've bought programming. You're right. There's, I mean, with nobody down there, I mean, it'll be limited fans at many of these. Uh, and I'm trying to think. I would say for the most part, I would bet, Dick, that teams that go to these games are not going until the night before. So all the activities that you'd have that would be involved in the bowl game. You're not going to do it because you can't do it. So I would guess that most most teams would treat their bowl game like a like a road game. Go the right. night before, maybe no like no earlier than 2 days before, but that's about it because they have to stay in that bubble essentially to play in the game. So I think you're right about that. I think the only thing that comes into play that allows them to do is is your point about the TV money. And then the second point would be since many of the, you know, you know, you're talking 14, so one-third of them are owned and operated by ESPN. This is, for them, quote, programming that they bought, and for them that part is valuable. I didn't even look how many bulls were not. I don't know what the number normally is. It's a lot. Is, yeah. Did they eliminate a lot of bulls this year, then? Is that your... Yeah, f- yeah there's 40 bowl games, uh, and 11 of them have been eliminated so far. Okay. So there's 29 it, remaining. So if Penn State including, beats Illinois. Is it almost guaranteed that they would get, they would be invited? I would say yes. I would I say do, yes. I did see where a couple teams already said they aren't going to a bowl no matter what. I think Rutgers and uh, or two uh, yeah. two of the teams, at least two or maybe three. I don't remember. Uh, Pitt, uh, Virginia Tech, okay, uh, Kansas State, and Boston College are the ones that I know of that have not. Now, I haven't seen the Rutgers story, so you may very well be right no, maybe no, no, you're right. It was it was Pitt. I don't, we played Rutgers the other weekend. Maybe that's what I was, Maybe I heard okay. it during the Rutgers game that somebody said they weren't going weren't to go a bowl game anyhow. And, and, and you know what the circumstances with that, Dick, that I think is interesting? Pitt, Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Kansas State all fall into the same category. Their season ended two weeks ago. And so for them to sit there and say, hey, we're okay, we'll play in a bowl game, that means they have to stay on campus, they have to practice for three weeks, maybe three and a half weeks before they play the game. And I think they're looking around saying, you know what, 
we've had enough. We've played, you know, played yeah, COVID testing in the ACC. It's three days a week. I think it's the same in the Big Twelve. So three days a week: Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You got to keep practicing. You're the only ones on campus. Everybody else went home for Thanksgiving, and these kids are looking around saying, "You know what? I had enough." I mean, I, and I don't blame them. The coaches are probably saying they've had enough. Now, with Penn State, here's the difference. I think they want to play in a game, but, quote, the earlier the better. So, in other words, if you could play anywhere between the 26th and the 30th, you just had to somehow gut it out for one more week or 10 days max, and then you're done. You can now see the finish line. And because they're playing this week, there's no waiting around. They get, you know, now, it also means they'll miss Christmas with their families. But with the finish line there... They can have Christmas on New Year's New Year's weekend. I mean, that as simple as it sounds for the outsider looking in, um, that's about the attitude they'd have to take to do this. And they'd be doing it for the good of the conference because obviously any bowl game you're in, the conference will get the money and then split it up. Well, every, everybody I saw predicted when they were going to play somebody, I think, in North Carolina in a bowl game. But I've seen two or three I've different, two, two or two, yeah, I've seen, different I've seen two of them, Dick. Yeah, Dick, I've seen okay. two of them. One one is that Dukes-Mayo Bowl in Charlotte that you talked about, so I've seen a couple of predictions on that. But I've also seen two predictions for the uh, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, the old Cactus Bowl in Phoenix that's played where the Diamondbacks are on the yeah, 26th. I, yeah, I did see that one, too. Yeah. Now, and you know what? And that's the one where I sit back and say, you know what? That would fit with these guys perfectly. All right? Because guess what? It's It's next Saturday. Well, if it's next Saturday, that means you're done Saturday night. <laughs> you know, you can get, you can go home Sunday if you want. And in fact, it's just another game week instead of yeah. like extending oh, yeah. it out. When's the, when's, I the think Mayo, when's the other bowl? Uh, the thirtieth. So it's four days later. It's on a Wednesday. Uh-huh. It's at noon. And there's also advantages of playing in Phoenix instead of North Carolina at this time of year. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, weather-wise, nicer, that's nicer great. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, and not only, but it's, not only that's a dome because uh, uh, they'd be playing with the Diamondbacks play, so it's a dome. Yeah, but even walking around outside could be better in uh, in Phoenix than it was North Carolina. <laughs> snow yesterday. That's my only about oh, that. Dick, I, I was doing the Fiesta Bowl with. I guess it's three years ago now, yeah. and I remember all of us having dinner at uh, TPC Scottsdale. Oh. It's beautiful night. We're sitting there. I called home. I found out it was like below zero. Okay, where did that? I'll take another steak. Thank you. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 18th. That was my question. Anyhow, I it's just thought about question. it when I was uh, online. I'm thinking I haven't heard much discussion of bowls other than maybe where people were going. All right. Thanks a lot, Steve. You guys have a good hey, holiday. Bye. You have a great holiday, and thank you for the kind words. Merry Christmas, Dick. Yeah, he's a great guy, isn't he? I had a chance to finally meet him at a Bucknell game a few years ago. He's an awesome guy. He is. He's he's an awesome guy. He always comes up and says hello before I I take on the mic yeah. at Soika. And yeah, I mean, and look, I mean, he's an Orioles fan, so I mean, there's been a level of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a Yankees and Red Sox fan. Oh man, no. Uh, but see, he's a, he calls the show all the time, like you know, like Doug and Wellsboro calls and things like that. I I love those. I love calls. I I, I love calls. I, I love hearing what what people have to say, what they think, or what questions they have. And uh, 
You know, I, to me, I think it helps makes the show. I mean, I, I'm under the category of the more calls, the merrier. Uh, so, Dick, yeah, Dick, Dick's a five star guy in my book. So, um, and back to the previous segment where we talked about the suit telling stories. That's that's not five star. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. See, I'm doing okay. I'm doing this stuff for Doug. Doug Birdsong. He's Birdsong loves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, we'll get to Ben Jones later in the show, and we'll, we'll have Reginald Walker in the next half hour. Uh, by the way, tomorrow three fifteen, Jim Ferry, Penn State basketball coach. Tomorrow, three fifteen. Mm, that surprised you, didn't it? It did, but I like it. Yeah. And then we'll uh, get James Franklin tomorrow, too. How about that? Then we'll have the King on tomorrow. See, we we have a lot going on tomorrow. Always do. Yeah, a lot going on tomorrow. The King is raring to go. Did anybody make any progress last week? Um, You actually gained the game on me because you led the way going 7-2, and two, I believe. I went 6-3, and three and the King went 5-4. and four. See, the king's taking chances now. He's throwing yes. darts. He's throwing darts where he doesn't want to throw darts. That's a, as simple as that. Uh, Dick brought up a good topic ago about the bowl thing, and he's right. I mean, first of all, most a lot of these bowls are not well attended to begin with. We already know that. I mean, these are these are a lot of ways that become made for television games anyway. But you do lose out. I mean, the part you lose out is okay. We're you know. Is that, for example, let's take the Cod Bowl last year. So let's take the most recent game that Penn State played in. You're the city of Dallas or, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington. So the Metroplex. You've got several thousand Penn State fans coming down, which means they're going to your hotels, they're eating in your restaurants, and it's good for the area. Memphis came down in droves. I, I want to say Memphis last year had 30,000 fans, maybe. 30,000. Now, it's a little bit different for Memphis than it is for Penn State, fan base wise, because for Penn State, you'd, you know, unless you live in Texas, and there's certainly a sizable number of Penn State fans that live in Texas. But if you're, you know, in the Northeast, you know, you got to get a plane ticket, go down, hotel, the whole deal. A lot of Memphis fans, I want to say the drive from Memphis to Dallas is six to eight hours? Something like that. So you probably had, you know, the game was on, was the game on a Saturday last year? I think it was. I think it was a Saturday. And you could have a lot of Memphis fans coming down on a Thursday. You know, so maybe they're not in the hotels for the entire week, but they're down there for a couple of nights, um, which means they're still going to restaurants, patronizing the area. You go to the game. I think they had, what, 55,000 fans at the game last year total and that's a big plus I mean when I did the Fiesta Bowl they had 66,000 Pasadena the Rose Bowl sold out they had 93,000 now obviously it's no trip for the USC fans but you had 20 to 25,000 Penn State fans in there that all came from distance except for the ones that live in Southern California 
that came from a distance to be there, which meant they were in the hotel spending money, the whole thing. And they set up the week for the teams, and they do a lot. You know, you go to Disneyland, you a lot of stuff going on. You know, the Fiesta Bowl is the steak fry. This time, I think the way it's going to be is, you know, it's the lesser bowls where you don't see fans. So, I mean, it was Penn State went to the Citrus Bowl, played Kentucky. It was almost sold out. I mean, there's only been one bowl game that Penn State played in where I looked around and go, there's nobody here. And that was the Ticket City Bowl during that ill-fated 2011 season. There was 30,000 fans there. Most of them were Houston fans, and uh, they were not friendly uh, at all. Uh, they couldn't have, in fact, in some ways, they couldn't have been nastier to the Penn State players who had nothing to do with what was going on here. Different story, different day. But that's the only bowl game I've done. Because I, mean, I did the Gator Bowl. Gator Bowl was, you know, big crowd. Penn State, Georgia, Pinstripe Bowls sold out. I've done Outback Bowls where I'd say it was 80 to 90% filled. Citrus Bowls, I've done three of those. 80 to 90% filled. Both the Rose Bowls I did were sold out. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. The Alamo, the Alamo Bowl sold out. You know, did that in 2007. And, but it's the lesser bowls that lead up to the New Year's Day deal that you'll find a percent, a, a high percentage of them are exactly what Dick talked about. There's hardly anybody in the stands, like the Gasparilla Bowl in St. Petersburg, the Cure Bowl in Orlando, uh, the New Orleans Bowl. I don't think I had to say where that one was, Matt. Uh, but you, you have... You don't have a high attendance at those games. It's a lot of those games that ESPN has bought. And I'd have to look at the list to tell you which games they've bought. But I think there's 14 bowl games that they own and operate. Just like a lot of these college basketball tournaments you see, these preseason tournaments, ESPN owns a bunch of those. A bunch of those that they own. And you know, and I know this only because I broadcast a lot of them, so you know who's running it. You know, is ESPN running it? Is the Gazelle Group running it? Is you know, there's you know, you know who ends up running it. And for them, it's programming. In other words, I just bought a time slot and the ratings. I do this every year. Last year there were forty bowl games. There was only one that had fewer than a million viewers. One. It was the Boca Raton Bowl. I think it had like 960,000 viewers. That's the only one that had fewer than a million. So for them, it's great programming where, where they can sell commercials around it and Capital One Bowl Week and things like that. So that's why it is so worth it to ESPN and buy it, play it, and then keep the contract rolling. Because in the end, it's great programming for them. People are watching it. I've told the story before. I'll tell it very quickly again. One year, Indiana in college basketball was ranked, I think they're ranked number one. This is the one year Tom Crean, he got his team to the Sweet 16. They're ranked number one. 
and they were playing in Indianapolis against Butler. And Butler, of course, had gone to back-to-back Final Four, so everybody knows Butler. They know who they are, okay? So Indiana-Butler, this was a CBS game. And that game was beaten in the ratings by the New Mexico Bowl. Tells you a lot. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Uh, Next half hour, Reginald Walker will join us. We'll talk about Clemson-Notre Dame. Ben Jones' final half hour. Story time with the suit during the after show. After show. Absolutely. That's where he excels. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Michigan State, Maryland's not going to take place this weekend. Maryland's having a problem again. And there are a couple of reports coming out of Columbus that one prominent starter on offense and a few others have tested positive and might miss the Big Ten championship game. Uh oh. Uh, they're not they're not releasing names. This is a game that can't be rescheduled either. So we'll see what they want to do with it. We'll see what they want to do with it. It's up to them. Games can, at noon on Saturday. Can you imagine if Ohio State can't play? Considering can't pl- all that's happened and then what happens with the college football playoff? <laughs> well, if they can't play, I'll oh. tell you the team that's sitting there not doing anything right now is Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, but there is a reality to this. The reality is this. You had Cincinnati, which Cincinnati has not played in a couple of weeks. They're going to play Tulsa. I'm telling you right now, if you are not a Power 5 team, to me it is the ultimate, and excuse the expression, but I guess it's the best I can have come up with, but the old-fashioned white lie. Oh, yeah, no, anybody can make it. Really? Really? Anybody can make it? And I'm not saying anybody can make it. Let's be realistic. I mean, let's be realistic here. It's not like I don't think there are good teams out there. I tell you all the time about when Penn State plays somebody and a lot of people don't really know too much about them. Because most Power 5 teams, excuse me, most group of 5 teams, the average fan, like the the, the fan fan, knows about everybody. I don't have to tell tell the fan fan how good Jared Patterson of Buffalo is. I don't have to tell him. I, I, in fact, I don't have to tell the fan fan that the backup running back Meeks how good he is because he is. But a, a lot of teams, like the, the the casual fan, the average fan, they don't know how good some of these group of five teams happen to be. And even there, you feel like they have no shot if they go undefeated of making this because they don't have the schedule to do it. All right. As I said, Josh Imitor, hey baby, will be out of the game against Penn State, which is a major break for the announcer. Yes. What a catch! What a catch <laughs> by Josh. Great play, Josh. 